1: Or contact your local office and get started on your path to success today. This is Small Biz Florida, the podcast and broadcast. It's all things business across the state of Florida. And if you've been tuning in lately, you know that Small Biz Florida is on the road. We are at the Florida Makes Make More Manufacturing Summit over in Lake Nona. And we are at the incredible Guidewell Innovation and Collaboration Center um, it's, it is an unbelievable facility, and as, I, as I've told you in previous uh, segments, if you haven't been over here in a while, you probably need to stop off and see what's going on. Lot, lots happening over here in the area of innovation and entrepreneurship. And uh, we have one of those innovative um, thinkers, and um, with us right now we've got uh, Brandy Jackson, uh, who is with AMROC, the Advanced Manufacturing Robotics Center of Tampa and she also serves as CEO of a CERN. Um, Brandy, incredible uh, high-level work you're doing uh, in the area of education and training. Um, but uh, as we always do, let's kind of start with a little bit of your background and your pathway uh, to AMROC and a CERN.
0: Absolutely. Um, well, thank you very much for having us on, Tom. Um, I have been a teacher for 23 years. I t- I've taught all over the world, including South Korea and all across the United States because I was a military spouse. So as I traveled around, I just started noticing um, the differences in school systems around um, the United States specifically. And what's happened over about the last 15 years is there's been less and less hands-on learning in classrooms Uh and more and more focus on like end-of-year testing and certifications, that kind of program, which is, which is fine. I understand why that happens. But even in classes where it should be hands-on, there's been a push for certifications. Because how do you prove someone has learned something? We used to talk about portfolio learning, um, but even that, how, how do you really assess that? So about six years ago, I got invited to MIT. Um, it's one of the top STEM teachers in the world. And I talked to him that I was really afraid I was afraid of what was happening in education. I was overwhelmed and I was unhappy and I wanted to make a change. So I got the opportunity to work with one of the engineers there and we created a system for how to tell if someone is learning something that they're doing by hand. Um, How you would capture that through pictures, video, multiple choice, all of that. And that's gone really, really well. Um, We've gotten tons of funding from the Office of Naval Research and STEM We just got our very first National Science Foundation grant and how they're going to use our learning platform to teach data science. Um, My husband retired. He moved to Tampa, Florida, and I moved um, out of Massachusetts here to Florida, and I learned a whole entire different thing. Where I was teaching in Massachusetts, we didn't have this huge thing around CTE, which is what we call career and technical education. Right. And I got the opportunity to teach in Hillsborough County Public School Systems, fourth largest school district in the United States, really um, got a lot of challenges at that particular school district. And I was so excited by this opportunity. But what I found as I started teaching there is that it was almost overwhelming as a teacher. And there wasn't enough hands-on learning in classrooms, even in like robotics programs and um, graphic design programs, there we weren't just as much hands-on as we could. So, I found a nonprofit in Tampa called Amrock, the Advanced Manufacturing and Robotics Center. And I started just volunteering there. I mean, legitimately volunteering, saying, What you guys are doing is so awesome. They've taken this mall, it's University Mall in Tampa, that was really, it looked like it needed to be torn down. Right. It, just, it, wasn't, it wasn't in a great, wasn't in a great uh, spot. It had a lot of empty stores, and they built this robotic center inside the mall. And every time I went in there, I was just so excited by what they were doing. And I'm like, well, how can we replicate this somewhere else? They didn't know. They didn't know how they could replicate it somewhere else. So we partnered with them. So we're now strategic partners. We're using um, the platform we created at Acern. We call it Scoutlier because we're scouting for outliers. And we're working with them in something called convergence education. It is a brand new methodology from the Department of Education on how businesses, universities, nonprofits, government entities can all work together and say, this is exactly what I need out of a person that graduates out of an education program. And when they say what they need, they can actually build it in a way that a teacher can teach it using our platform. So that's what we're doing. We are working with this nonprofit, doing amazing things in Tampa, creating great curriculum and giving it all away for free because we want to make a difference in manufacturing and the lives of the students that are coming out of these programs.
1: So let me, uh, this is pretty high level stuff. So let me, uh, let me take just a second here to, to kind of grasp all this. So what, what, what you're doing is trying to create a, a process mm-hmm. Um where we can better assess what our students are doing in terms of hands on experiential mm-hmm. learning. Um, and that, in the end of all of that, we're creating a student that is better prepared. For the workforce? Yeah. Did, did I say that right? Yeah. They,
0: I mean, think about it. <laughs> Can't
1: believe I got that right, uh, Brandy.
0: <laughs> think about it. If you sat in a robotics class and all you did was take a certification test, you took a test saying that you understood how circuits work, you, you took a test to say you understand how 3D printers work, you took a test to say you understand how coding works, have you actually proved that you can do robotics? Probably no. Probably not. You've proved that you can take a test. Right. So we needed a system where we could prove they could actually do robotics. And in a way that got them excited about it. We've had a lot of, there's been a lot of programs, like Project Lead the Way was a really good one built by uh, Bill Gates out of Microsoft. But it was Bill Gates' program out of Microsoft. He was building Microsoft employees. Right. What we do is we build a way that any small business can say, hey, I want to do a project that will get kids excited about working in my area, right. especially here in Florida. Um, we just had a really great talk a little while ago, um, and a gentleman was talking about how people leave Florida. And, and, you know, you've got our students go away. They go away to other colleges. That's a problem. We need kids to know that there's great jobs here in Florida, that they can go to college in Florida, they can go to trade schools in Florida, and they can get really good jobs to build Florida as a strong innovation space. And the only way we do that is to really allow businesses to talk about what they're doing in schools.
1: And you, you talked about to that, what we're teaching our students today and there, there's obviously some great work going on out there, but in general, we, our students are being prepared to, further their education i'm, I'm getting we're preparing them to go to college you know get a two-year degree four-year degree or there are those students that aren't going to go to college so yeah. now those students at that point don't really know what their you know what their skills are and how where that where those skills lead them what you're doing is is giving both of those categories direction exactly right.
0: an idea of why you're going there I mean, you know, my son always had a specific college that they wanted to go to, uh, that that he wanted to go to, and he was like, this is where I want to go. And I'm like, why? Well, because I like the football team. (laughs) It doesn't even have his his degree program there. And I was like, well, son, you actually pick your college based on what you want to do when you grow up. How many kids coming through our school systems are coming out thinking, I want to go to this college? Well, why? Well, because it's where my parents went but not because I wanna have a job that does this. And the more we're able to bring businesses and our our university systems to talk about, this is what you get when you go to school here. Here's the training that you get when you do this trade school. It really allows our students to have a reason for their next step. They're engaged in their education. They're engaged in their life plan, not just, uh, I'm just floating around
1: right. And talk about the whole concept of of experiential learning. Is that do we do enough of that? Do no. we? No.
0: No, uh, statistics show there was a Gallup poll, and this was actually done before Covid, so I bet that number is significantly lower now. eighty seven percent of all teachers knew experiential learning was the number one way to actually get skills and content in a child's brain in long-term memory. But less than 26% of teachers did it on a regular basis. So teachers knew that we needed it, but they didn't have a process to do it. That's why we invented ScoutLiar.
1: There, are there experiential learning opportunities in all disciplines? Can Ab- you, English, I mean, can even an English class have it? Um-
0: Absolutely. I mean, I want you to think about all the different ways you use writing and communication in a job. Right. Every single job does writing and communication. So when a child says to me, well, I'm never going to use poetry again in my life. (laughs) Well, actually, if you're writing copy for someone, if you're writing an advertisement, it better sound more like poetry than statistics, because people aren't going to be interested in what you're saying. We have to get students to understand that everything they're learning in class is a job for someone. It might not be your job, but it's a job for somebody.
1: You know, we had a um, we had Jerry uh, Hefner on, and and uh, he uh, is in the HR space, and mm-hmm. a presenter here, uh, the Employer of Choice Award uh, creator, um, and he talked about how we're gonna, you know, what we did, the data we used, and what we did, you know, twenty years ago is not not gonna work anymore. You, you have to rethink all this. Where are we with that in terms of education? Uh, I, Obviously, it makes sense. We've got to be innovative. We've got to continue to, to push the envelope in education. But but where are we truly in, in rethinking how we teach, you know, in terms of preparing a student for a career? I mean, is that... So Is that a different track? Does that look different than what we're doing today?
0: It really, really does. And I think you see that with the growth of charter schools and private schools that, that have come on board. And, and these innovative places like Amarok, you know, that are in this mall, in an area that really struggles with yeah. poverty, that they get to walk through the mall. And when they think they were looking for shoes, all of a sudden they see this opportunity to get real career growth for them. We do have to think out of the box differently. 20, 30, I can't believe it's actually about 35 years ago we had this idea of No Child Left Behind. It was a political movement that Asian schools were beating us in math and science. They were testing better in math and science. Okay, and really, who cares? We said that that metric was the end all be all. And what we've actually identified now is that at that time period, we were the most innovative country in the world more patents, more products came out of here than out of anywhere else. And yet we took our focus off of innovation and creativity and put it on a test. (laughs) And the other countries were like, ha ha ha, look at us ramp up because they were doing what we were doing in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. If you think about it in the 80s, you probably had a class that had a wood shop. You probably had, you had a, an ag class. You right. had a, like a nursing, a home ec class. And you did all this experiential hands-on yeah. learning. And to chase after these other systems, we got rid of those for tests.
1: Right.
0: We've got to put it back the other way.
1: Yeah, it makes sense. And you know, in our community along the Treasure Coast, um, a lot of our schools have what they call... Um, Institutes. Yes. So there's a culinary institute at one high school. There's a vast manufacturing institute. Mm-hmm. There's an international business mm-hmm. uh, institute. There's a Embry-Riddle partners with one yep. of our high schools to do an aeronautical mm-hmm. institute. Um, is that kind of your, is that your model that you're, you're thinking of? That?
0: Um, so I do love those for some kids, um, but often those institutes, I I am so passionate about the kid that gets left behind when we create a magnet program. So what happens in those magnet programs, those institutes, what you're talking about is we create a school within a school, usually in a struggling area. So people have moved out, they're going to a charter school, they're going to a private school, and the school is is really struggling. So we put a charter school program in, it brings students in. But the only students that really can do that are students that, generally have some good support from their family because you have to get buses. You know, you've gotta have the ability to get to and from there easily. And if you are a low income student, those may not be accessible to you. And, and so what I want to see happen, and it's really why I feel so passionately about working with AMROC now inside the University Mall, is that it doesn't matter if your school system has this or not, we're gonna give it to you anyways. We're going to make it freely available, we are going to take experiential learning, we're going to partner with organizations to keep it free for teachers, to keep it free for students, to keep it free for schools, so that any school, not just a magnet school or institutional school, because those schools are doing wonderful, but I wouldn't say that we're taking an elite student and making them more elite. I want to take all of the students that have been left behind, that are that are in that I don't know where I fit place, and give them some experiences so they find a place to fit right. and they find a pathway.
1: Do you think this is uh, who drives this? Uh, federal, state, school districts. Who, who who drives this innovation in to to bring this experiential learning to the to the school?
0: So for us, it has been the Department of Defense, mm. um, which is really yeah. interesting. People don't think about it this way. People often think the Department of Defense is only a, a warfare program, but they're not. They're really a safety right. program. And so what they identified starting about 10 years ago is that people coming out of high school weren't prepared for technical jobs in the Navy. That's where we started was in the Navy. They were like, you know, if you wanted someone to go walk along a convoy, we got those people. But if we wanted someone that could push technology, we didn't have those people. They also identified that we had a really big problem with outsourcing. Starting in the 90s, we outsourced creation of technology, creation of super chips, creation of manufacturing. We outsourced it. Well, what that means is that you have left a hole, a back door that whoever created it has to have a way to come in to fix it, even though they live in a foreign country. Well, if you're talking about our safety systems, we can't do that. They have to be made in America by Americans. And the students coming to our schools have to know how to do it. And so they started pumping money into these programs. And now the Department of Education is going, wait a minute. What the Department of Defense started doing 12 years ago is actually working and it's making a difference. Let's see if we can get more people involved. So we started out with only Office of Naval Research funding. Um, When we look at Advanced Manufacturing Robotics Center, almost all of their funders have been connected to Department of Defense companies. or no, they were defense agencies. Right. Lockheed Martin, Northman Grumman, um, Bay Area Manufacturers, they all have connections to the DOD. And now the Department of Education says, we should be doing that. We right. should give away. we should provide a way that small businesses and universities can help teachers. We can't be giving them another job to do because they can't, there's too much for a teacher to do already. We need to give them a different way to do it. And most importantly, we need to give it to them in a way that they're not paying for. Because it's far, far too expensive for schools to run effectively right now.
1: Right. And, and is all this working? Is there buy-in at, um, at the national, state, and local levels? Is this a conversation that local school districts are having? And
0: um, Absolutely. If you look... <laughs> About 10 years ago, I would say people would go to local companies and say, hey, would you put in a computer lab? Would you help us buy iPads? Would you do a beautification at the campus project? You know, and that was really the way businesses gave back. And now we ask them to come in. The Great American Teach-In is coming up. Mm -hmm. By the way, if you don't know about that, you should totally get involved. Um, If you don't know how to do it, you can give me a call. I'll help you make an actual lesson plan to make it work for you. And um, we—they want to be involved. They are—they are looking to how to come into the schools in a way that is respectful of the teacher and the students. Um, And we have seen so many organizations come in and start getting ready to take on that role of being mentors for students.
1: Right. Yeah, and and you know the the whole mentoring aspect of entrepreneurship and innovation is so critically important and it it was something I never understood even when I got involved in my small business. I didn't understand the importance of mentors but this is really a mentor driven philosophy really.
0: For sure I'm throwing out a lot of educational speak and I'm sorry they're just the words we live in Um, but
1: I live with a teacher, yes. My wife's a school teacher, yes.
0: Twelve years ago, there was an engineering company in Tampa, Florida that invited ten kids to come on campus at their workspace, and they taught ten kids CAD, and they spent like two hours teaching them computer-aided design. Ten years ago, we didn't have Tinkercad, Autodesk, that kind of stuff, um, where kids could learn it at home. So they came in, and they spent two hours teaching them. And then they went away, and the kids sat in there with the computers, and they kept doing CAD, and they did CAD for about four hours. And then the engineers came back, and they looked at their projects, and they gave them feedback. That was 12 years ago. Can I tell you the lessons that those engineers taught 12 years ago are still being taught at Amrock every single year because they created institutional knowledge. didn't matter what technology was moving through the kids understood the engineering principles. And we had three different students that graduated through programs that went and worked for that engineering company because they were like, those were the people that taught me. So this kid's always had an eye for working there. And how awesome is that to recruit talent at a very young age because you got a chance to work with them and you got to know them.
1: And again, brings up kind of a sidebar, but... You know, so often these employers talk about the problems and can't find people, but what an innovative way to potentially build a talent pool locally for yourself. Oh, for be sure. A, be a mentor in a in a you know in a in a middle school or high school program. Yep,
0: you can absolutely do that. Um, what we do with scoutlier.com and amrock is we build these challenges. They're like two to three day challenges. And so we'll interview someone. We'll do it on Zoom so it doesn't take them a really long time. They might only give us two hours of time, but we'll do an interview. We put their company's logos on there. We create the lesson for them a teacher can use. And now their mentorship expands to thousands of children because lots of kids got to use that information or grow with them. Is the one-on-one relationship more important? Absolutely. Absolutely. But we have millions of kids that need mentors. So we've got a way to help more mentors get connected to kids.
1: Uh, Brandy, this, uh, again, incredible conversation. You are here at the uh, Florida Makes Make More Manufacturing Summit. Um, Again, you're involved with AMROC, which is the um, advanced um, –
0: Manufacturing. Manufacturing
1: and Robotics Center. So I'm assuming, obviously, that's the tie-in, but 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 what were the other reasons? Why are you here at Florida Makes? Is there a connection to your program or to Absol- this?
0: Absolutely. Um, we just finished last year a 3D printing curriculum with the Navy where we were 3D printing boats. We're starting a new one where they are designing drifters that can be delivered by drones when we look at manufacturing, someone has to make all those products. The students coming through our program are going to be looking for jobs. They are looking for the right schools. They're looking for what towns best support their careers. And we want to provide them with those workforce development locations. Um, and it's great to network. It's good yep. to see people. Um, and peop- the reality is, is that although Amrock has been around for 10 years and ACERN has been around for six not enough people know about it. So we got to come here today. You talked about um, speaking with the the gentleman who was all you know talking about HR rules. And he overheard me talking about how we built Amrock in a mall, and he was like, "That was amazing. <laughs> and just uh-huh. coming out to get coffee, I talked with ten people. You know, spreading awareness of what's available to people is important, and that's how you you build those through these networking uh-huh. opportunities.
1: So how does one find out more about your program? Do you guys have a website about AMROC? And where can people, how do people connect with you to learn from what you're doing?
0: Absolutely, so if you just Google AMROC Tampa Bay, you're gonna pull it right up. You'll see all the different amazing programs we're doing. And if you are around the Tampa Bay area in October, every single Saturday and Sunday in October, we run Roboticon every single year. And we have over 85 teams of students starting as young as sixth grade to college education level, coming in and competing in robotics competition, doing drones and Competitive robotics and, and like, combative robotics. And it is such an exciting thing to see and actually see it. See the kids. See what they're looking like. Get online. Connect with us through our mentorship opportunities. And we're happy to have you.
1: And what about Scout Liar? I I mean, that is – I love that. So you're scouting for outliers. I just – I think that's incredible. Is that a program or do you – It is
0: a free educational platform. So any teacher – any teacher or, like, if you run an after-school program or if you're a parent and you don't think that they're doing enough for your kid at home, you can go to scoutlier.com, get a free educator account, because parents, you're educators too, um, and go look at the rapid innovation challenges. We just signed a partnership with Florida Innovators Hall of Fame and the Florida High Tech Corridor, and we are pumping out career challenges that are showcasing the amazing businesses here in Florida that that exist because our number one export in Florida is not agriculture it's gray matter our students leave right. we want them to stay here
1: nice all right it is Brandy Jackson uh, who is with Amroc, which is the advanced manufacturing robotics center in Tampa she's also CEO of a CERN She's also uh, an incredibly innovative thinker, uh, outlier, uh, curriculum creator. Uh, you got a lot going on, Brandy.
0: We do. Some people tell us we need to be focused, and I'm like, I don't, I don't think so. I think we need to work, work harder right. and faster together. So well, thanks so much, Tom. I appreciate your help. Uh,
1: thank you. We appreciate it. We appreciate your uh, support of the conference, and uh, I, uh, I think, uh, I think we ought to come over to Robacon.
0: Yeah, Uh, absolutely. Bring
1: the podcast over there.
0: Oh, my gosh. The kids would love that. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks to see you, Tom.
1: Yep, thank you. Uh, This is Small Biz Florida, and we're coming to you from the Florida Makes uh, Make More Manufacturing Summit in uh, Lake Nona, Florida. I am Tom Kindred. Stay tuned. There's a lot more to come. This is Small Biz Florida. This has been Small Biz Florida created.